0: Um, I'm going to speak to you this morning uh, just for a few minutes um, and we're going to start in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 10. Uh, We're going to read a verse, verse 21. Um, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Is that okay? Sure that's okay? But I want to talk to you. You know, sometimes um, we can have an idea of Jesus um, that maybe comes out of our experience of church, or our experience of meeting other Christians, or our cultural background, or even our own personality. And we can project all those experiences and all those thoughts and all their opinions on God, on Jesus. And we can have this idea of who Jesus was and who Jesus is that maybe doesn't quite line up with the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, but I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about the Jesus of the Bible. Is that okay? Yeah. What was the Jesus of the Bible like? Well, we c- I could certainly speak a lot more than 20 minutes on what the Jesus of the Bible was like. We could be here forever talking about what the Jesus of the Bible was like. But there's just one aspect of the Jesus of the Bible um, that, that I want to touch on this morning for a few minutes. And it's found here in Luke 10, verse 21. And I think... Sometimes religion and church and even us Christians, we can, we can strip things away from what Jesus was were like. And I think probably out of everything that we've stripped away from Jesus, it's found here in this verse. In Luke 10 verse 21, it says this, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Can everyone say together this morning, full of joy. Let's say it again. Full of joy. That is the Jesus of the Bible. Does your Bible say anything, something similar or those exact words? The Jesus of the Bible was a joyful person. Amen. I know that may be a revolutionary concept to some churches, to some Christians, but the Jesus of the Bible was full of joy. You know, uh, this is written here in in my English Bible, but of course the original uh, Bible wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew, the Old Testament, and Greek, the New Testament. And sometimes in our English translation, we can lose a little bit of the richness of what uh, what was actually happening. And so I decided this phrase, full of joy, I decided to kind of find out what it really meant in the Greek. What, what actually happened when Jesus was full of joy? Did he just kind of smile a little bit? You know, what, what, did he have a little bit of a chuckle to himself? What happened? And, and I found this, that, that phrase, full of joy, it means to rejoice with exuberance. It means ecstatic joy, to leap, to skip, and to dance. That's what happened. The the disciples have just come back, funnily enough, from a mission trip. And they're telling him about all that's happened. And Jesus responds, he's so full of exuberant, ecstatic joy that he begins to leap and dance and skip. That's the Jesus of the Bible. That's the Jesus who I know and I pray that you know as well. Because God is a joyful God. Jesus was a joyful person. The book of Hebrews, in fact, says this of Jesus, that he was anointed with joy above his fellows or above his companions. That means that Jesus was the most joyful person that ever walked the planet. I know sometimes we might kind of have this idea of Jesus and he's so serious and so solemn and sometimes you kind of watch movies or, or TV reenactments of the, of the New Testament and Jesus is always a bit miserable and a bit serious and, but actually the Jesus of the Bible although there were times when he might have wept there might have been times when he was filled with his heart was, was filled with sorrow because of the needs he, he, were, he, he encountered yet he was also a person and anointed with joy, a person who was the most joyful person that ever lived. It's incredible, isn't it? And the amazing thing for me and you this morning is that he wants us to be filled with joy as well. Because one of the the prayers of Jesus in in John 15 was this, that his joy would be in us and that our joy would be made complete. That was the prayer of Jesus that this joy that he carried, that let, that dance, that skip, that was exuberant, he prayed that that same joy would be in you. Amen? So if we're not walking in the fullness of God's joy this morning, God's got something for us. You know, yesterday, myself and, and Laura, we went to a wedding. Um, to a, a couple who uh, who were part of um, the ministry school that I ran at, at my old church in, in Barnsley. They got married. They started dating the final week of their, min- of their time in the ministry school. And two years later, th- they got married. And who knows that weddings are joyful occasions. Yeah. They're full of dancing and laughter and music and drinking. In fact, can I confess this morning just how how crazy how wild I was yesterday? I had three glasses, one after the other, of Schlur. That that's how that's how crazy it went yesterday. But who knows? You never you never go. Hopefully, you've never been to a miserable wedding. <laughs> Hopefully not anyway. I've, ne- I've been to a few weddings. I've never been to a wedding where I've gone up to the groom beforehand. And, you know, sometimes you say, how you feel? Sometimes, oh, I'm a bit nervous. Sometimes a bit excited. I've never once found a groom who said, you know what? I'm just really depressed at the thought of getting married today. Afterwards, I've never gone up to a bride and, and said, how are you feeling? And she said, you know, today's the worst day of my life. You know, the tears that you see at weddings are usually tears of joy, tears of happiness. If you did go to a miserable, depressing wedding where everyone was upset, then it's kind of not a really good sign of what's coming, is it? Well, Jesus said this, The kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet that a king threw for his son. You know, when God invites us into his kingdom, into relationship with him, he's not inviting us to a funeral. He's inviting us to a wedding party. He's inviting us to a wedding feast. You know, God God hasn't called us just to be part of a religious gathering. He's called us into a kingdom. You know, when you go to different countries like I do, um, you know that every kingdom that you go to, every country that you go to, it has its own way of doing things. Yeah? So when we're in Mexico, they'll drive differently to us. They'll eat different kinds of food to us. They'll speak a different language to us. They'll have a different kind of currency to us. There'll be ways that they greet each other that are different to the ways that we would greet people um, in England. And, and when we go to a different, a different country, uh, you kind of have to fit in with their culture Or else you're going to stick out a little bit. You know what? Some people think that they kind of give their lives to Jesus and then everything just carries on as normal. No, you've been saved into a new kingdom. A new culture, a new way of living, a new way of doing things. And this is what the culture of the kingdom is. The kingdom of God, Paul said, is not just a matter of eating and drinking, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit he's not saved you to be miserable he saved you to be full of joy full of the joy of the Holy Spirit Peter speaks about a joy unspeakable and full of glory that is a kind of joy that God wants you to have in your life it's more than just happiness you meet some people who don't know God and they say well My life's happy. Friends, let me tell you, the joy of God is much deeper, much richer, much more lasting, much more permanent than just being happy. It's a deep-rooted, a secure, overflowing, exuberant, ecstatic joy that no matter what we go through in life, His joy is there. Let me tell you, friends, it's the joy of the Lord that is a thing that will sustain us. Because who knows that sometimes life's tough. Let's be real, let's be honest. Sometimes our own lives are tough. We go through bad situations. We go through, uh, you know, there can be stresses on our finances, stresses in our relationships. We go through times of sickness and bereavement and sorrow. We can be struggling at work. We can be struggling with all kinds of things. We turn on the news and it's just one disaster after another. And let me tell you, friends, if you try and live life, Without the joy of God, you're going to go under. But this is what it says in the Old Testament. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That means that when we have the joy of God in us, we can live a life that's strong, that's powerful, that's overcoming. That no matter what this world throws at us, we can have a joy. Jesus said that no one will be able to steal your joy. Sickness can't steal your joy. Losing your job can't steal your joy. Bereavement, sorrow, pain, heartache, they can't steal your joy. Nothing can steal your joy because your joy is Jesus. And he said, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. The joy of the Lord brings healing. Proverbs said, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Who knows that we live in a world that's broken. Broken. We live among people that are broken. All of us in some way need healing. Some of us here, we may be sick in our bodies and we need healing. Some of us here, emotionally, we need healing. Some of us, we've got areas of brokenness and we need restoration. Well, the Bible says that it's a cheerful heart that's good medicine. That when we experience God's joy, it has a healing effect in our lives. I remember a lady um, that I used to go to church with many years ago in our old church. And she went through a, a real sad situation where, there were, where a husband who she'd been married to for a long time, he died. And she went through that whole process of bereavement, but it hit her really, really hard. And for a couple of years, she hardly ever came to church. When she did come, she'd kind of come in late. She'd leave early. She didn't want to speak to anyone. She was just really suffering under a real terrible depression. And after about a couple of years, one evening she came to church to a prayer meeting. And I was leading this particular prayer meeting. I just felt prompted by God just to go and pray with her. So I stood next to her and, and I just said these words over. I said, God says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And your morning has come. And as I said it, she smiled, and I've not seen her smile for about two years. Um, so I just prayed, Holy Spirit, fill her with your joy. And she, in a, in a matter of moments, was filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. She began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And that was probably about seven, eight years ago. And I saw her at the, the wedding yesterday. that She's still the most joyful person I know. She's always laughing, always smiling, always the center of the party, involved in the life and the soul of the church. But it was the joy of the Lord that healed her. And friends, when we're broken, when we're upset, when we're undone, Done, friends. It's the joy of Jesus yep. that can bring that healing, that can bring that restoration. There's probably four things uh, that can enable us to live in joy, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch on two of them tonight because tonight at Bridlington Avenue, six o'clock, we've got a a special revival service. So uh, we're going to do two. I got got the announcement in the preach. So there you go. Uh, you get, we save time doing that. Um, so we're going to look at two tonight and two this morning, two ways this morning, of how we can truly experience the joy of God. And the first one is this, with an understanding of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Because who knows? Jesus has done an awful lot, and when. When the, you remember when Jesus was born at Bethlehem and there were shepherds in the fields and the angels turned up. And this is what the angels said to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. The message of Christianity, the message of the gospel is good news of great joy. Does anyone believe that this morning? You know, there's a guy in the Old Testament called King David. And David had made a couple of really bad choices. The the Bible word is is sin. It's when we rebel against God, when we disobey Him, when we decide to do our own thing. And and David had been a real bad boy. He'd uh, committed adultery. He'd uh, conspired to have someone murdered. Uh, He'd he'd done all kinds of wrong things. And now he was filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. I don't know about you, but I find it really difficult to have guilt, shame, and condemnation and be joyful at the same time. Yep. Anyone else? Yep. But David reaches this point where he says, you know what? I've had enough of living like this. And he comes into God's presence and he says, you know what, God? I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done. I repent of it all. I ask you to cleanse me. And then he prays this, and restore unto me the joy Of my salvation. And that shows me a couple of things. It shows me that when we live in disobedience to God. It's hard to live in joy. But it also shows me this. That when we come to God. And we ask him to cleanse us and wash us. And forgive us. And we say I'm not going to live like that anymore. I'm going to live for you. He restores to us joy. No longer do we live in shame and guilt and condemnation, but instead we live in the joy of knowing that we're forgiven. That's what the shepherds went, meant when they said, I have got good news of great joy. I don't know about you, but I think the fact that God so loved me that he sent Jesus is good news of great joy. I think the fact that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood so that my sins could be forgiven is good news of great joy. I think the fact that now I am a child of God that I have Jesus as a friend is good news of great joy. I think the fact that death has been defeated and I know that when I pass from this life I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with him. I think that that is good news of great joy. The fact that Jesus paid the price so that I could be healed and set free and know his love and peace in my life and, and, and acceptance I believe that that is good news of great joy anyone else? the, the Bible put it like this that his anger lasts for a moment but his favour lasts for a lifetime that he has turned my mourning into dancing, that he's removed my sackcloth and he's clothed me with joy. That's what it means to be a Christian. The moment we give our lives to Jesus, we pass from death into life, from darkness into light. That, that God's judgment is lifted and we enter into God's favor. And we can know the joy of knowing that we're saved, knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we're going to heaven, knowing that we belong. To him. Isn't that wonderful? That the Bible describes God as a joyful God. The Bible even says that he rejoices over you with singing. That God right now when he looks at your life, he's not angry with you. He's not out to get you. He's not out to punish you. He's not going to he's not gonna whack you over the head with a big stick. But instead, God rejoices over you. He sings over you. He dances over you. That is the joy of God that he feels for you. And he wants you to experience in knowing him. There's a story in the Bible that Jesus tells us of a son Who leaves his father's house and he goes into the world and again makes all kinds of bad choices and and makes wrong decisions. But then he comes to that realization that the only thing that can satisfy, the only thing that can bring joy is being back in his father's house. And he makes that decision to, to go back to the father's house. And, and when he comes to his father, his father's not there with a clip round the ear. His father's not there with her, I told you so. But instead he wraps his arms around him. And he says, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a feast. We're going to celebrate. And when the oldest son comes to the house, there's this telling line. It says that he heard the sound of music and dancing coming from within the house. You see, friends, we're in Abba's house this morning. We're in the Father's house. You've not just come to Cineworld this morning. You've not just come to Revive Church. We've come to the house of God. And there is a unique sound in Father's house. And it's a sound of celebration. It's a sound of joy. That's how you know that God's in the house. Because there's a joyful sound. And friends, you may be here this morning. You may have gone and done your own thing. You may not know God. You may once have walked with Him, but, but you've turned your back on Him. Let me tell you, friends father is here this morning with his arms wide open ready to hug you ready to embrace you and he's saying come on I want to party this morning with you I want to rejoice with you because you are coming home you once were lost but now you found you once were dead but now you're alive I want you to know and experience the joy of belonging to me I once heard this uh, this great story, and I just want to read it to you. It's only, it's only a real brief story. It's from a, a man of God um, who some of you may have known, uh, heard of. He was called Richard Wormbrandt, And he was a pastor in Romania in the 1940s when uh, a lot of Eastern Europe was under the control of communism. And so Christianity was outlawed. And he spent a lot of time in prison because of his faith in God. Uh, and he writes this incredible story. He says, When I was still living behind the Iron Curtain, I, m- I had met a Russian captain. He loved God. He longed after God, but he had never seen a Bible. He had never attended religious services. He had no religious education, but he loved God without the slightest knowledge of Him. I read to him the Sermon on the Mount and the parables of Jesus. After hearing them, he danced around the room in rapturous joy. Proclaiming what a wonderful beauty. How could I live without knowing this Christ? It was the first time I saw someone jubilating in Christ. Then I made a mistake. I read to him the passion and the crucifixion of Christ without having prepared him for, for this. He had not expected it. When he heard how Christ was beaten, how he was crucified, and that in the end he died, he fell in an, in an armchair and began to weep bitterly. He had believed in a saviour and now his saviour was dead. I looked at him and I was ashamed that I call myself a Christian and a pastor and a teacher of others. I had never shared the sufferings of Christ as this Russian officer now shared them. But then I read to him the story of the resurrection When he heard this wonderful news that the saviour arose from the tomb, he slapped his knees and shouted for joy. He's alive, he's alive. Again, he danced around the room, overwhelmed with happiness. I said to him, let us pray. He fell on his knees together with me. He didn't know any of our holy phrases. His words of prayer were, oh God, what a fine chap you are. If I were you and you were me, I would never have forgiven you your sins. But you really are a very nice chap. I love you with all my heart. I think that all the angels in heaven stopped what they were doing to listen to this sublime prayer from this Russian officer. Friends, I wonder if sometimes, maybe those of us who've known and walked with God for a long time, maybe sometimes we we can forget just how good the good news is, and maybe we can lose something of the joy. Of that salvation. And that's what Jesus wants us all to be walking in. Amen. And finally the the second way that we can live in this joy. Number one is a fresh understanding of what Jesus has done. And, And secondly. Is just to get to know him. And to encounter him. Because the Bible says that in his presence. There is fullness of joy. And God's presence is here this morning. Me and Stuart think so anyway. Anyone, anyone else? I see that hand. anymore. God's presence is here. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. But you know what's really cool about Christianity? Is that when we leave this sinner and go home, we're not leaving God's presence. In fact, we, when we go back to our world, and some of our worlds might not be all that pleasant, His presence goes with us, and that means His joy goes with us all the time. You know, if I got an apple seed and planted it in the right environment, and it grew to be an apple tree, or a tree, who knows, it doesn't have to try really hard to produce apples. You just plant it in the right environment, and apples are going to be produced. Well, the Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. That means you don't need to try really hard to be happy or joyful. You know, didn't you find it really mad sometimes when you're going through a difficult situation and someone just says, cheer up. And you think, if it was that simple, I would cheer up. But you know what? It's nothing to do with you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You plant yourself in Jesus. You plant yourself in His presence. And joy is going to come. I wonder this morning, if we can just bow our heads. The message of the gospel, the message of good news, it's good news of great joy. I wonder if there's... And I just want to ask for three kinds of people here this morning. Firstly, there may be people here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus before. You have never truly had an encounter with the risen Saviour. This morning, you don't have the joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven that your guilt and shame and condemnation has been dealt with you don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life you don't know what it is to know Jesus as your friend to know God as your good, good father well, in a moment I want to give you an opportunity to connect with God to say Jesus wash me and cleanse me let me know the joy of my salvation Secondly, you may be here this morning, you are a Christian. But somewhere along the way, you've lost that joy of your salvation. Christianity for you might have just become routine. It might have just become religious. It might have just become a little add-on to your life. But you've lost that exuberant, ecstatic, overwhelming joy that Jesus came to bring. Why don't you pray like David this morning? God, restore to me your joy.